0: Welcome in, everybody. Welcome in. Here we go. Here we go. We made it through 18 weeks of football, are now completed. We have finished the NFL season 272 games, all down 272 up, 272 down. Can you believe it? Man, I'm so excited to be here as always. This is the Total Coverage Podcast here on the Serious XM Podcast Network. I'm your host, Kirk Morrison, eight year NFL veteran in the National Football League five with the Raiders and year with the Jacksonville Jaguars and two seasons with the Buffalo Bills, man. And if you have not been on this ride with us on total coverage, man, we break down pretty much a ton of the games from the week and give you my thoughts on what I think from the week as well. So a lot to always get to every single week, but you can find this podcast and I hope you did on Apple Stitcher, wherever you find your podcast, you clicked on total coverage You're like, oh, what am I listening to? Well, make sure you rate it. Make sure you subscribe to it and give me all your thoughts, comments all week long leading up to the day of the pod. At Kirk Morrison on Twitter, at Kirk Morrison on Instagram, your thoughts, likes, criticisms, positives, negative. It doesn't matter. I take them all, man. But I appreciate you riding on with me throughout these last 18 weeks as we now turn our attention to the playoffs. That's right. Playoffs are now here, but we're going to recap some of those games of week number 18 in the National Football League coming up in just a couple minutes. Man, one of my guys, one of my Raiders for Life brothers. That's right. Raiders for Life, Lincoln Kennedy former Raiders offensive tackle and the Raiders radio network analyst coming up. So we get a chance to talk to Big Link about the Raiders and how they clinched their opportunity to get into the playoffs they did it and we'll talk about that game in just a couple minutes with big lincoln oh man we're gonna get into the couple of upsets of the weekend we're gonna get into a team that just has a heartbeat that just won't seem to die so we'll talk a little bit about that as well and man i thought one of the games of the week outside of sunday night football chargers and raiders this was another game that i can't wait to talk about rams 49ers one of the best games of the week and also i'll have my players of the week to get to so much here as we uh wrap up the nfl season as we move forward to the playoffs but without further ado we gotta get to my next guest we're joined now man by my guy i told you lincoln kennedy joining the program the former offensive tackle current raiders radio analyst man this dude's he's my guy because i watched him <laughs> and, <laughs> throughout his career playing for my favorite team and look one of my favorites always 11 years in the nfl the falcons but i just know him as a raider man two time all pro and a three-time pro bowler part of i mentioned the raiders radio network and you can follow him on twitter at l kennedy 72 on twitter Hey Link, the Raiders—they finished ten and seven. Man, you just talked about them. We just talked about the cardiac kids, man. How do you describe these final four games that the Raiders won to get themselves into the playoffs? You know what?
1: It, it, it first of all, it's good to be with you, Kurt. Uh, thanks for having <laughs> me. Um, secondly, when I when I think about this season, I'm absolutely stunned that the silver and black are in the position that they're in. Not only did they win double-digit games, which is the first time they've had that they since 2016, the last time they were in the playoffs, but they did it with, you know, so much resolve through adversity and everything that they had to overcome, losing a coach, losing a star player, you know, just getting in trouble left and right. COVID, I mean, it's uh, injuries. Uh, it, it, it's just been so much. The fact that they are, they have double-digit wins such a true testament to what this team has been through and I'm surprised and 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 when you talk about the, the resiliency and the way that they won football games mm-hmm. broadcasting games you called you called their radio, their games before as well so it, it, you know what I'm talking about they they, right. they find a way to either let you down or e- either to, to to find a way to to surprise you uh build you up Find and in this past month they found a way to win <laughs> which i I really didn't
0: think was going to happen. I know, man. Sunday night was the fifth time this season that the Raiders won a game on the final play. And they finished the season on a four game win streak that i mentioned. All those wins, though, by four points or less. You mentioned all the adversity. But what else do you think it is? Obviously, I, I think definitely it's the quarterback. But what else are you seeing with this team? You know what? For the first time and and
1: talking with a number of people, they have a defense. Yes. It really is. They, they, they have a defense. And, and you think about it, I mean, you know, I'm not saying tongue in cheek. It's, it's the truth. They finally have a defense that can allow them to compete. Because prior to the Cleveland game, um, they were 0-6, I think it was, where when they didn't score over 17 points. And then finally their first win against Cleveland, I think they scored 17 points, whatever the final score was. But, you know, it was, it was that close. They got over that hump. And then people were starting to talk about after the 5-2 and two start and how they failed in the, in the sort of second, not the second half of the season, but that middle part of the season to put themselves in a position to where every game from that Cleveland point was a must-win game if you had any aspirations of being in, 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 uh, in the postseason. You know, I'm going to be honest. I didn't give them a chance. Right. I, I didn't think they were going to be able to do it. Uh, they surprised me with the Cleveland win but I knew that Cleveland wasn't full strength due to COVID and they weren't even full strength due to COVID. I was surprised they got that win, especially when it was pushed back and changed the schedule and everything else. And then you're looking at the other games and like, okay, I think they can handle Denver, but I doubt they can handle Indianapolis as hot as Indianapolis was at that time. They went in there and they found a way to win that game. And believe me, Kirk, when I'm telling you, I walked out of that booth in Indianapolis stunned. I was like, what, what did I just see? What, where are we? Who is this? (laughs) <laughs> and I kind of deemed them at that point the cardiac kids because even the Denver game it had to be somewhat interesting, uh, right. more, more interesting than it was. And the Cleveland game it definitely was interesting. So, you know, to see them at this point and then the final, to close it out, um, I remember sitting with Brent Musburger, my partner, when we were in Indianapolis after the game. And he, he said, I guarantee you that NBC is going to flex the schedule and put us on Sunday night. I was like, really? He's like, yeah, yeah. this is a playoff atmosphere game. This is what you want. And he he built it up. He made me realize how important that game Sunday night against the Chargers was, and uh, and certainly when they flexed the schedule, I was like, oh, everyone sees it, and now we're going to see the Raiders on a premier stage. And goodness gracious, if I, if I didn't have to back up from my chair like this and <laughs> whoosh, yeah. take a breath, you know, that's that's exactly what happened a Sunday night against the Chargers I was it, I was I was amazed they were able to pull it out.
0: Yeah. I you know what I was amazed at how well they played yeah. in some areas. Look, people forget this team was up by 15 points in that fourth right. quarter and I look at Derek Carr who actually set a franchise record in passing yards this season 4804 yards passing your quarterback yeah, uh, Rich Gannon but Derek Carr in that game against the Chargers was 20 of 36 186 yards two touchdowns but I think Link he didn't throw an interception. His first yeah. time in four games, he didn't throw yeah. an interception. This is a different offense when Derek Carr is playing the way that he's playing. What do you give him in terms of his first playoff start against the Bengals? What kind of luck do you give Derek Carr to go out and play this kind of game?
1: I, I thought that the Charger game was a defining game for me in his career, mm-hmm. the aspect, because a lot of people, including myself, question not whether or not they, the Raiders need to move on from him or move on with him. Um, now, look, Kirk, I'm realistic. We played the game. We, we know that quarterbacks get more credit when, uh, when, the, when the team wins and they get more blame when the team loses. So Correct. it is what it is. <laughs> but I will say this, and this is the argument that I've had with many people. When you look at this division collectively, you know that Patrick Mahomes is not going anywhere in Kansas City. They're going to be right. a force, okay, for years to come. And the reason why they are a force is because their offense can score. So I'm not giving Patrick Mahomes all the credit, but because he can score, because he makes the decisions that he has and he has the weapons around him, that makes them a viable prospect for years to come, just right. like they are this year. The Chargers seem to have their guy because for no matter how you stare at it, shake a stick at it, Justin Herbert, I think, threw for almost 350 yards yeah. and was incredible and pivotal and, and their, their ability to come back and make that game more interesting than I thought it was going to be. Um, I think Denver is just a quarterback away from getting it right. Mm-hmm. So the Raiders now have a quarterback. Now they have a defense, and they also got a big decision making in the offseason where they go from here. But as far as the first playoff game, I, gave, I give that De- Derek his credit. And more importantly, I give the team their credit. Because here's the thing. I'm not going to put all the blame and stress of the Raiders' woes on their quarterbacks. But right. through this year, and I think you'll agree with me because you saw a lot of games, there were was, was some parts of inconsistency. Correct. You know, you 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 look at Derek and you saw the way he came out in Thanksgiving game against the Cowboys. And then you watch the following week and you're striking your hand like, Well, what was that? You yeah. know what I mean? And so so there are those times. And 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 then, you know, I, I go back to the second Kansas City game in Kansas City game. I'm not blaming him. For defaults. The offensive line didn't hold up. It's a team game. Sure. We get it in the team. But the quarterback, the quarterback is going to get all the notice and ratifications and, and, and notifications of what, what's going on with this team. No good, bad, or indifferent. So to answer your question, I thought he did well in his playoff performance. I've always been in awe of Derek Carr's accuracy. Mm-hmm. His accuracy is what sets me him apart to me from another a number of quarterbacks. You go back to the Indianapolis game. You watch Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz. No one's going to take away his playmaking ability, but there was at least three throws in that game yeah. that he missed. Yeah, that would have changed the outcome of the game. Three throws that he was inaccurate. Uh, same thing with Dak Prescott in the Cowboy game. I mean, there's games that it, 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 conversely, there are times where I saw Patrick Holmes throw guys open and thread the needle and make a difference in in the game against the Raiders. So. Um, with that being said, I, I thought Derek showed showcased why he is or he should be considered a franchise quarterback. Now, uh, well, it'll be interesting to see what he does this week. <laughs> but he, as a quarterback, I've always felt you've got to make decisions when you have the opportunity to make decisions what's best for the team. Mm. You have to find a place to drive the ball. You have to be patient. You have to use your legs. You have to do whatever you want and whatever you can. Because you go back to the last time we won a playoff game is when Rich Gannon was a quarterback and he was actually MVP that year and passing, you know, Derek Carr just passed yeah. him as numbers that you mentioned, but there were times where Rich would take it on his, on his legs. He would run to get a first down. Yeah. He would find a way to will us, you know, into the end zone and uh, and stuff like that. So I think Derek needs to take that progression. If he's really going to be the Raiders quarterback of the future.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think speaking of future, you mentioned how remarkable this season was the adversity, all the things that they went through, and the interim coach, Rich Basaccia was the guy leading this football team. Did he show you enough? Do you think this team did enough for him to be the uh, take the interim tag off and be the full-time head coach of the Raiders going I'd forward? I'd like him to be. I really would. I'd like him to be.
1: I, 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 I prefer to have a quote-unquote special teams coach as a head right. coach than an offensive-minded or a defensive-minded coach. And the reason why is I've always felt that if you're uh, if you're particular to one side of the ball you don't really manage the game the way it should. You look at Tomlin, you look at Harbaugh in Baltimore, and you talk about guys who have had success over their years who are special teams guys. And I think that Rich Passaccia has that ability. More importantly, what I like most about Coach Passaccia is the fact that he's created a level of accountability
0: in that locker room that I think has been devoid and missing for many, many years. Mm. (laughs) But Well said, man. I totally agree. I think that he's done enough, and it does give this team some stability. So, Link, man, I can't wait to hear you on the broadcast this week, the Raiders Radio Network. Raiders versus the Bengals, man. Raiders at Bengals. I can't wait. Playoffs, Playoffs, baby. Show me something. (laughs) Man, he's played in the NFL for 11 years. He was a two-time All-Pro, a three-time Pro Bowler. You can follow him on Twitter, at lkennedy 72 He's also an author too, man. Plug your book, plug your book, real quick, man. Well, I wish I had a
1: copy in front of me. It's uh, (laughs) if if these walls could talk, uh, written by me and Paul Gutierrez from ESPN. It was a, it was a fun, fun event. It really was a a affair that we. He made me bring back a lot of memories. And so some of them notable. Tuck Roo wasn't really one of them that was notable. But it, I mean, it was notable. It wasn't pleasant memory. But, um, you know, yeah, If, if These Wallets Could Talk uh, by Paul Gutierrez, myself, is, is out there. You can find it on Amazon Books and and everywhere you find books. So uh, check it out if you want to have a good read, hopefully.
0: There you go. He's a broadcaster, and analyst, and also an author, too, as well, <laughs> man. He's my guy, Lincoln Kennedy. Hey, Link, always uh, great to link up with you, my man. Appreciate the Pleasure's time. mine, Kirk. Thanks for having me, brother. Hey, everyone. Lindsey Rhodes here. And if you love football, you're going to love my podcast, The NFL Roadshow. With episodes Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, we cover every NFL angle and talk to guests from across the NFL world, Hall of Famers, analytics nerds. And I say that lovingly as someone who wants to be an analytics nerd very badly, fantasy football experts, all of it discussions you're not going to find anywhere else so please subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts or listen on the sxm app included with most subscriptions one of the biggest upsets of the week i thought in week 18 was the jaguars and the colts man the jaguars upset the indianapolis colts colts came in 15 and a half point favorites and yet the colts they lost The Colts failed at nine and eight. They were eliminated from the postseason with a 26 to 11 loss to the Jaguars. Look, the Indianapolis Colts have now lost seven straight road games to Jacksonville. Jags have lost eight straight coming into this game, but yet they found a way to beat the Indianapolis Colts. And I'll say this, as a former Jaguar, I beat the Colts as well (laughs) at home. We're at home in Jacksonville. It seems to be that the Jaguars just have the number of the Indianapolis Colts, especially playing in Jacksonville. I don't know, maybe it's a cold weather climate in the winter coming down to Jacksonville, Florida to play a game, and yet the Jaguars seem to find a way to take care of business. I did it as a player, and I guess still ongoing, the legacy of home games in Jacksonville versus the Colts seem to go the Jaguars way, but that doesn't make for the performance by Carson Wentz. 17 to 29, 185, one touchdown, one interception, one fumble. This is not why the Indianapolis Colts went out and traded a first-round pick for Carson Wentz. They traded him to be a difference maker. And so maybe we can put some of it on Carson Wentz, but you could also put some of it on the offensive line. Or do we give credit to the Jacksonville Jaguars defense that sacked Carson Wentz six times and registered 10 quarterback hits? He didn't seem like he was comfortable. He looked a little skittish in the pocket. And maybe a lot of that had to do with the Jaguars defense. Also too, holding Jonathan Taylor under 100 yards is what the Jaguars defense did as well. 15 carries, 77 yards, and this was only his second time in the last nine games that he was held under 100 yards. The Colts only had 233 yards of offense, which is their lowest total since 2019. Can you believe that? And they were stopped on fourth down three different times. That's how you don't win a football game. It's because of the defense of the Jaguars. I'm going to give them credit because I think I expected more from Carson Wentz. I expected more from this Colts football team, and I just didn't see it. And I give credit to Jaguars. They didn't have nothing to play for, nothing to play for. They they probably were holding out because they want to get that number one overall pick. And yet they still found a way to win. And also they secured the number one overall pick because of the Detroit win as well over the uh, Green Bay Packers. But credit to Trevor Lawrence, 23 of 32, 223 yards, two touchdowns, no interception. This is the first time since week one that he threw for multiple touchdowns in a game. And his only game this season with multiple touchdowns and no Interceptions. This is a devastating loss, though, for the Indianapolis Colts. It's not about the Jaguars in this one. This is about the Colts. They had everything in front of them. This was going to also create uh, an opportunity for the Raiders and Chargers to make sure that it was a win in your end scenario, but it did create a tie situation by them losing. It was more devastating because I think that the Indianapolis Colts went from being one of the best teams in the NFL that no one wanted to compete against. To now, no one will get a chance to see because they don't make the playoffs. They don't make the tournament. Back-to-back losses to end the season. And that's what happens. When you start off the way that they did in the beginning of the season, they couldn't find their identity. No one knew who they were. And they found their identity. And yet, down the stretch, you needed two games to win, and they couldn't find it. They needed one game to win. They couldn't find it. So an opportunity lost and an opportunity that kind of scratches your head a little bit, because what do you do in the future? A lot to digest if you're a Colts fan, but I understand definitely heartbreak for the Indianapolis Colts losing to the Jaguars in the final game of the season. They'll be home for the playoffs. There's still a heartbeat in Pittsburgh. There is. There's still a heartbeat. The heartbeat is of Ben Roethlisberger and these Steelers, man. These Steelers, they, I mean, Mike Tomlin may not be coach of the year, but man, you talk about a team that is over 500, finish up 9, 7, and 1, and clinching a playoff spot with a 16 or 13 victory over the Ravens. I don't know how much Pittsburgh Steelers football that you've watched. But I've never seen a team that seems like they shouldn't win, but yet they find a way to win, right? They finish the season winning three of the final four games, and they extend that, that that career of Ben Roethlisberger, right? From his last home game to his last possible game. Now he's going to the playoffs. He's going to be playing in his last playoff opportunity. Very similar to what one Jerome Bettis did. Uh, when Ben Roethlisberger started his career early on, when Bettis was playing in his final season and it rolled the Steelers all the way to the Super Bowl. Starting to sound really familiar, right? It's fairly familiar. As Ben Roethlisberger expected to retire at the end of this season, but we'll see because right now Ben Roethlisberger is still doing just enough, right? Ben Roethlisberger was 30 of 44, 255, one touchdown and one interception. He connected with Ray Ray McLeod on 4th and eight with 2.28 left in overtime to set the eventual game-winning kick up and Chris Boswell took care of business after that. The Steelers, they had to sweat it out though. They had to sweat it out because of the Raiders-Chargers game. If that game had ended in a tie, man, it would have eliminated the Steelers, but it didn't. The Raiders, we saw, like we talked to Lincoln a little bit earlier, Raiders took care of business and boy, the Pittsburgh Steelers are now in the playoffs. TJ Watt, another outstanding performance. Five tackles, one sack, one tackle for loss, three quarterback hits. And he didn't pass, but he did tie. Michael Strahan, single season sack record with 22 and a half sacks. Look, Cam Hayward also another stalwart on this defense. Six tackles, one sack, two tackles for loss. Cam Sutton, five tackles, interception. Look, Mike Tomlin has never had a losing season as a head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And they've qualified for the playoffs for the second straight year and the 10th time in the 15 seasons under Mike Tomlin. He even had a chance to dance a little bit too. So, man, the Steelers, they take care of business. But look, the Ravens, we got to talk about the other side. They played their fourth straight game without Lamar Jackson, and they finished the season on a losing streak of six straight games. At one point, this team was eight and three. And you can look, do the math. Eight and three, they find up Eight and nine, and they no longer will be going to the playoffs. So Tyler Huntley, look, he did remarkable in in terms of just giving them something, giving this Ravens team something. He was 16 of 31, 141, but he didn't throw any touchdown. He had two interceptions. It wasn't because of him that they lost the football game, but for a backup, undrafted backup, I thought he did remarkable. And look, the Ravens, they'll have some questions for next season, but a lot of it is look, they get their quarterback right back this team is a perennial playoff Super Bowl caliber type of football team they'll make the corrections as for the Steelers guess what do you get the draw yeah you make the playoffs and you get a chance to take on the Kansas City Chiefs the reigning AFC champions right it's gonna be fun in the wild card round that game is Sunday night 8 15 eastern time I cannot wait because Kansas City defeated Pittsburgh back in week 16 so these two teams know each other very very well but the Steelers I think it's just be who they are. That's how they'll beat the Kansas City Chiefs. There's going to be adversity. There's going to be ups and downs, but I think that's why I talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers this season. Buckle up and just have fun because it's going to be a bumpy, bumpy ride. That's how they win football games. And Big Ben's legacy, right? What is Ben Roethlisberger's legacy? He's won two Super Bowls, so he's done that already. I think his legacy now is just having fun, going out his way. And I know he's gonna give everything that he's got. Can these younger players, this defense step up in a moment of, you know, the playoffs against the vaunted Kansas City Chiefs? I give them all the chances in the world. And I give a ton of credit to the head coach. I just mentioned Mike Tomlin. If he's coaching this football team, you gotta give them a chance. That's why I think that the Pittsburgh Steelers, I wouldn't be shocked if they go in and played well, for sure, but if they win, just not a big shot, because I think this team is used to winning ugly. All right. Last second, ugly. They'll find a way. Now, the last game I want to talk about is the game that I was at personally, 49ers and Rams. And look, I'll get right to it. 49ers won this football game after the Rams had a 17 to nothing lead, 17 to nothing lead in the first half. And the San Francisco 49ers found a way to come back and get it done. The largest comeback for the 49ers in the Kyle Shanahan era. 49ers, they finished the season 10 and 7. They clinched a playoff berth and they had overtime. It took overtime to get it done. But what a job done by Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't care how you feel about him. Jimmy Garoppolo was awesome. 23 of 32, 316 yards, one touchdown. He did have two interceptions, but remember, this dude was playing with a bad thumb. They felt that he was the better option than Trey Lance. And boy, were they right. Jimmy Garoppolo, when they needed him most, at the end, man, he found a way to get it done. The 49ers, they outgained the Rams 449 to 265. The second half of this game was all about the 49ers and their running game. And if you didn't know Debo Samuel before, if you haven't watched ton of games, man, Debo Samuel showed you why he's one of the best weapons in all of the NFL. Not just because he's a wide receiver, not just because he can play running back, By the way, he threw a pass. He threw a 24-yard touchdown pass to Jawan Jennings that really brought the 49ers all the way back. He had four catches for 95 yards. He had eight rushes for 45 yards and a touchdown. The dude did a little bit of everything. I just mentioned Jawan Jennings. He had six catches for 94 yards, two touchdowns, and that second touchdown was one with 26 seconds on the clock. And with 90 seconds left, The 49ers and Jimmy Garoppolo drove down the field to tie the football game up and force overtime. Now, look, Robbie Gold kicked a go-ahead field goal in OT, and it was up to the Rams to get it done. And yet Matthew Stafford threw an interception to rookie cornerback Ambry Thomas that clinched the victory. Matthew Stafford on the day had a couple of interceptions, right? And now you're going into the postseason. As the 49ers, they find a way to get in. The Rams will still win the division, though. They're still NFC West division champs. As the Seattle Seahawks, they took care of business in beating the Arizona Cardinals. So the Rams end up winning the division by default, even with the loss because of the Cardinals' loss. The Rams have now lost six straight games to the San Francisco 49ers. And this was the first time that Sean McVay actually lost a game while leading at halftime. He had been 45-0, but it was about that 49ers defense in the second half that forced Matthew Stafford in those two interceptions. He was brilliant to start the game, Matthew Stafford was, 21-32, 238, three touchdowns. He had two interceptions, the crucial interceptions in the second half that really turned the tide of the game, and we know the one to end the game. Now, Cooper Cup is your triple crown winner for the NFL this year becoming the fourth player in NFL history to not only lead the league in catches receiving yards and receiving touchdowns he did all of that 145 catches on the year 1,947 receiving yards 16 touchdowns he did everything that he could in the game against the 49ers seven catches 118 uh, yards and one touchdown but it was not enough as the Rams just couldn't get it done. Now, the Rams, they'll take on those Cardinals that lost to give them the NFC West title. They'll be on Monday night as Rams, Cardinals, Monday night in wild card weekend. I can't wait for that matchup. But I think the best matchup is the 49ers taking on the Dallas Cowboys in the wild card game on Sunday that is going to be a fun fun matchup I cannot that that's the game that I want to see honestly of all the playoff matchups the reason why I can't wait to see it is because the 49ers beat up on the Rams in the second half they brought a physical nature to the football game and that's what I think is going they're going to bring against the Dallas Cowboys On the other side, the Rams, they're reeling a little bit. They've lost, you know, their last game, obviously. And then you look at the Arizona Cardinals, they're reeling a little bit. They haven't played great as of late and they go into the playoffs kind of on a losing streak a little bit, not feeling good about themselves. Interesting NFC playoffs, but man, that's how huge the game was between the 49ers and the Rams. Also with the 49ers winning, it kept the Saints out of the playoffs. Had the Rams have won, they would have been the number two seed, 49ers out of the playoffs, into the New Orleans Saints, and then the Buccaneers would have been three, Cowboys been four, then the Cowboys be playing against the Cardinals, and all of that is all gone because of the win by the 49ers. An outstanding job by the 49ers, and just leads us into the wild card weekend of the National Football League. Couple of players of the week, I just want to get to, man. Ryan Tannehill is my offensive player of the week for the number one seed in the AFC, the Tennessee Titans, right? He was 23 of 32, 287, four touchdowns, no interceptions, and he led this Titans team to the number one seed, man. So I'm giving him a ton of credit because guess what? they activated their running back, King Henry. That's right, Derrick Henry is back for the Titans, so we get a chance to see him and that football team and see what they can do as the number one seed in a couple weeks when they'll have their first game. Defensively, man, Mad Max Crosby, man. The Raiders defensive end, six tackles, two sacks, three tackles for loss, 11 quarterback pressures. Man, the dude was amazing. If you didn't watch that game, man, you missed out. He put on a clinic, relentless, and he's a Raider too. So I had to give a shout out to Max Crosby, my defensive player of the week. Wow, that was a lot, man. A lot to get to. I'm so excited to review all six playoff games i know i can hear my producer in my ear right now oh My guy michael kenahan listening oh my god yes we're going to talk about all six games from wild card weekend i cannot wait to break them all down have little notes and nuggets from every game and see some things maybe you didn't see i'll fill you in on it if you see something i didn't see make sure you fill me in on it let me know at kirk morrison on twitter at kirk morrison on instagram and remember this podcast you can find it on apple on stitcher or wherever you find your podcast. Make sure you go look for it. That's right. Apple, Stitcher, wherever you find your podcast. Click on Total Coverage. Link it, sign it, rate it, subscribe it, all of that. Let me know what you think. I can't wait to hear from you all. 272 games in the books. We got six upcoming this week. Can't wait to see those six games. I'm excited to be with you. He is here as always. Next week will be the playoff edition. Of the Total Coverage Podcast here on the Sirius XM Podcast Network. Until then, catch you all next week. Good football, y'all. Total coverage is part of the Sirius XM Podcast Network. The executive producer is Mike Kennahan. The associate producers are Chris Tyler and Denny Gallagher. And special thanks to Sirius XM's senior vice president of sports programming and podcasting Steve Cohen. Sirius XM Podcasts.